Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for one hour. I don't have the time for this NBA stuff today. I don't. I'm not in the mood for it. I don't have the time for it. We got a full show. Think about that, Jackson. Rats. Yep, sorry. I know. What do you want to get into? KD? Yeah, I mean, there were some good matchups two nights ago, but it's all right. You think it's a miss? I do, but I understand that I might be biased. I, and I appreciate the self-awareness. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford joining us uh, coming up at 1045 as the Blues open up their season tomorrow. And uh, Gabe DeArmond joining us at 1015 uh, to talk Missouri college football and uh, college basketball, which Jackson is, uh, I would say, if that is your your holy grail, it's be Missouri basketball final four i mean is that fair to say uh yeah that would be incredible winning the whole thing cutting down the nets is a bucket list moment i want to see you want to be there would, I you, would, see, you, would you have tears in your eyes 100 percent. i want to see the northern lights okay i want to see earth from space wow must be nice to have those kinds of connections i mean that's not something that we all can do right these are bucket lists and i, I want to see... try to get to europe but yeah. you want to see earth from space yeah well one step at a time and uh, I want to see Missouri cut down the nets. Uh, one shining moment. I want oh it all. Oh my! I and want you think all. this is the year? It could be. You gotta believe. Right. And Dennis Gates could be the guy. Who knows? Uh, also, I saw Randy Carricker on my way into the studios here on 101 ESPN, and uh, he has informed us that trying to uh, duplicate us shocking Chris Nagel this week with a TMA defeating him, that uh, the opening drive. Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, and Matt Rocchio are going to be taking on Jay Delsing. Ooh, very cool. How about that? That's awesome. Love to see it. I like that's taking place at Norwood. I'll oh, be honest with you. Great track. I'm a big enough nerd that I wouldn't mind being in the gallery for that. For real. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Because Matt Rocchio just got the bug. Randy's been helping him out with his game. All right. Yeah, I think this could be a real uh, watershed moment for the both of them. Now, Randy and Rocchio were concerned whether or not I would be offended by something that was said during that segment. Do you have that audio? Give me one moment. Okay. That means we'll have it on Monday. Uh, as they were setting up this match. And I was under the impression, I saw Kerry Davis at 8 o'clock at the top of the hour commercial break, and I was under the impression that they were like brokering a match between us and Jay Delsing. But no, alas, it's their own match. And I you listen, you know, Darren Pang on my Instagram yesterday, Timothy Michael McKernan, uh, apologized. I saw he apologized for betting against us. Yep. So is there any upside in betting against the hometown team like I did with the Cardinals and Braves? I would tell you no. 
Is there any upside in betting against teammates here on 101 ESPN? Parentheses, if they view us as such, considering it's a one-hour show. We're call-ups. We're September call-ups. Right. No, the answer to that, Jackson, is, of course, no. But I'm taking Jay Delsing. Assuming that they're doing what we did, which is playing the tips, no pops. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd probably take Delsing, too. But, hey, I hope I, I hope I get proven wrong, just like I'm sure Panger was I hoping. I mean, Kerry could be a plus five for all I know. Yeah, I don't know much about Kerry's game. I've the always Rock seen Randy took play it once. up, and I know Randy plays, and my sources tell me he's a 13. So, But a, a dangerous know, but 13. A, maybe in a member guest format with Pops, but not in not in a straight-up format. Can I, can I hear this? Because they're concerned I might sue for slander. Tim has uh, Tim is obsessed, and, and Tim has really taken his game to another level. And I would guess that off the tips, they were probably using his drives, even though he's a little fella. He's he's a wee lad. Uh, <laughs> they were probably using his drives most of the day. Tim has. And Jackson, for whatever reason, has looped the yeah. audio. Yeah, I was making a remix. Yeah, I think my attorney requested that. But I have talked with counsel and the basis for a slander suit against Randy Carricker. Uh, against Hubbard Radio, against Kerry Davis, against Matt Rocchio for allowing that out mm-hmm. on there. Kerry didn't say anything, but his laughter, my attorney said, can be used against him. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I know a little something about these. <laughs> uh, that uh, the issue, my attorney said, is a judge would describe you as a wee fella. <laughs> and then, therefore, the lawsuit would be tossed out, so it's better to pursue some other slander suit. Now. So, uh, therefore, Randy, Kerry, and Rocchio can sleep easily this weekend. I will not be suing for slander, despite what was what I would imagine they all agree was an unfortunate comment made at 7.55 on 101 ESPN. Extremely unfortunate. Thank you. You didn't deserve that. No. No. Thank you. We did use a lot of your drives, too. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of, that was kind of we had a strategy, Jackson. We did. We did. Me and we you can. will be off the tee, yep. and then we'll just hope for something from the the teammates, and the teammates more than delivered. Big time. I don't know what the games are on the opening drive. I've never played with any of them. As a matter of fact, I've never. They don't played. invite me. Yeah, right. If you if you're doing morning drive on HD one, you don't invite HD two people out with you. Yeah, I guess they do kind of look down upon us. Hundred percent, they look down on us. Listen, you heard that comment about my height. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Thank you. It was uncalled for. Was what it I really guarantee was. you, Kerry Davis was with guys my size on the Illinois football team. They were just tossing him water. Right. They might have been using their feet to kick the ball more so than block, but probably doesn't matter. That, they honestly, were, they wear a helmet. Probably not. Yeah. His, his coach at Hazelwood Central, if Kerry saw me coming out, especially at 46 now, but <laughs> let's say 30 years ago, he'd go, ah, for safety reasons, why don't you why don't you see how the cross-country team is doing this year? And maybe, yeah. Cross-country's fun. Right. But maybe I'm not cut out to be his middle linebacker. Don't sell yourself short. Thank thing. you. And then you did the double encounter with the and short it's, thing. I it's mean, like, oh, now thanks. we're doing Jay Leno monologues thanks, on this guys. show. No, thanks, everybody. Uh, we've got a little Piddles uh, six-shooter here. But but it says two of the bullets fell out. Yeah, I only got four questions. I couldn't come up with six. Wow, what commitment! <laughs> so All it's right. the six well, here. Here we but... go. <laughs> Throw the water. No, this is no. just for me and you. This is like your tryout for the football team. Goes across the studio just to show my rage. Yeah, it's got some. He had some velocity on that one. That's the thing. I should be playing Mike linebacker. What storyline most interests you this offseason for the Cardinals? Oh, this is like, this is like part of the interruption when Kornheiser and Wilbon are out. Yeah, that's kind of like my Bob my Ryan brand. and Dan Lebitard in. I like those two. I think that's a good show. Um, 
Okay, I'll think about it, even though I feel like you didn't think about the questions. I will do what you didn't do, and I will put some work into it. What storyline intrigues me most about the Cardinals? Uh, the outfield. They, they, there has to be at least one gentleman on the outfields, uh, on the Cardinal starting roster on opening day, who was not in the starting uh, lineup on uh, game two against the Phillies. Mm. At least one. Right. At least one. And that one might be Jordan Walker. That's right. Fine. But at least one. Yeah. It's been a problem for a long time. There's been hype associated with three different chapters of it, and it has not been solved. And you cannot win with that offense. Uh, What are some early expectations for you on the Blues this season? I'm anxious to see what you get right out of the gate with a defense that, yeah, people are saying it still should be fine, but it was taking some bullets here with injuries over the last few weeks, and we went into it. I mean, I think our first conversation on the season with JR was like, yeah, what are they going to do with all this depth? And all of a sudden it's going, okay, well, the depth has been lost. And in addition, uh, Ryan O'Reilly in what is going to be a unique year for him with being up in the air. I mean, is this the final time that we see both O'Reilly and Tarasenko open up a season. Mm. I mean, what kind of odds would you... You're probably not the right person to ask. Maybe I'll ask Siri. (laughs) (laughs) What are the odds Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko are experiencing an opening night with the St. Louis Blues in 2023? Mm. You want to just give me arbitrary odds? Sure. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, so that they will be on the Blues in tw- for opening night in tw- a year from now. Uh, opening night. So it's not one or the other. I gotta go both. Both. Of. So if one's on the team, one's not. Then it would not count. Got it. Boy, uh, is it really? Or, you know, you're buying time. I forgot. Twenty-five percent. Dude, ship the under. Okay. That the Tarasenko and O'Reilly are on the Blues this time next year. I, I realize you just. <laughs> if they walked in here, you'd go, oh, God, there's some, some security breach. And I'd go, no, that's Vladimir Tarasenko and it's Ryan O'Reilly. I recognize him at the Post Malone We're the concert. voice of the blues. I saw Vladimir Tarasenko. I recognized him. At Post Malone? Yeah. Have you seen O'Reilly? No, but I would recognize him, too. You would? Mm-hmm. Does he have a beard? Yeah, big one. Mm. Colors his hair. It's kind of orangish-red. What? Like dark, dark red-brown. I think Ryan O'Reilly would be startled to hear. I'm slightly red-green colorblind, too, so that could be affecting it. Navy blue and black look the exact same to me. You know, I don't have the Air Comfort Service text line open, but that right there is going to cause me to open it up. That's going to be wonderful. (laughs) Ryan O'Reilly, our red-headed captain. Well, it's like like darkish red and brown. I struggle with those colors. It's opening night. Well, that will be our first question for Jimmy Rutherford. Well, he's not blonde. I knew that. Describe Ryan O'Reilly's hair color. Boy, I'll tell you, those guys on Balloon Party really flat out break down the blues. They were asking about the captain's hair color. Once again, the helmet is a problem. That's the problem with the game. It's not on me. Will Sam Horn get an opportunity to play this season? Yes. I mean, that, it, it's a yes or no. So, again, All right, which this, game this to me think? screams I was at happy hour and I knew I had to do something. That's what these list of questions, the six shooter with four questions... But two of the bullets fell out. <laughs> and one is a yes or no. Right, but that was like... What? And one is about the blues, and you just identified the red-headed Ryan O'Reilly. 
What color is his hair then? Like brown? You know what? And I, I consider this a compliment, but some ladies don't consider it a compliment. So now I'll I'll take some of the bullets for you here. Mm-hmm. I I I would consider it dark and more more close to having some blonde elements in it than any red. Where's the red? I I, th- I, th- I think there's a chance you've never seen the man. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. I absolutely have. I thought he kind of had like an orangish reddish kind of hue in there. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Well, he got like highlights, like he's like. Pink and he just you don't know. <laughs> O'Reilly's playing CBJ, so tonight he dyed it red. People dye their hair. That's all right. Uh, no, that's just what I thought. I I'm in my head pictures. That's what I came up with. I I, I wish he were in the building and you'd walk in and you'd panic because you'd go, God, there's some stranger who just walked into the studio. It'd be easier to tell what hair color he was if he was right in front of me. I'll be honest with you. Well, and then you'd tell him he has red hair and he he might come after you. Yeah. And finally, on this half-assed edition of the six-shooter that was already reduced by 33%. What bets interest you the most this weekend, both college and the NFL? Well, I gave you Temple yesterday, and I shipped that. Oh, yeah. They, did they play last night? 71-14, to 14, I believe they lost. Oh, 71? <laughs> it was something. It was, honestly, it was something ridiculous. I don't know if it got into the 70s. That's un- like If you're up 62 to 14, do you really have to throw a couple more passes? It was, I, think, I think Central Florida scored, I think, 50-some-odd unanswered. I could be off the mark because I think Temple may have been leading at one point. And I'm like, there it goes again. I was on it. And then I just browsed over real quick, and I'm going, oh, my God, what happened? 70 to it's 13. Kurt Warner's son who quarterbacks him, and he came in early in the year, and he started doing some great things. And I don't know, he he left the game up in Philly. So he they didn't travel to Orlando. They weren't plus fifty-seven and a half. They were not. Well, they they were lost 20, seventy to thirteen. Was it seventy to thirteen? <laughs> there you go. So do people really want to hear what I'm on? <laughs> oh my God! And they got the whole. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give him one. Though. I'll let you last some time. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford is beside himself on the red hair thing. I is mean, he? he's in my. T- he's, he, I think he might come here and fight you. Not JR. Red, question mark, question mark, question mark. Red, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, I thought it was like kind of like a, <laughs> like an autumn brown. There's some red and orange mixed in there. I struggle with colors, um, but Steelers, Steelers plus eight. That's the play of the weekend. Steelers there it plus, is. Steelers yeah, that, plus you're eight. You're kind of a contrarian. I am telling you, you may not want to look at the text inbox today. Won't be a problem. Yeah, I gave you Temple plus 24, and I bought the half point, which <laughs> didn't was, come into play. Thank, thankfully, you bought that yeah. half point. Uh, Steelers plus eight, I am on also. I bought the half point with the Patriots against the Browns. Panthers plus 10 against the Rams. Bills minus two and a half against the Chiefs. Yeah, that's and my point. lock, Sea Pigeons, plus three against the Cardinals. Bought the half point. But, I mean, once I say it, it was on Temple... Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, let's hear what this asshat has to say and, you know, and see what his producer who thinks the Blues captain has red hair has to say. Reddish. Uh, the uh, Cam Reddish. Uh, the the key is, though, like, if you lose a bet or you win a bet, it doesn't matter how much you lost or won it by. A loss is a loss. JR is going to Devontae Adams piddles. Well, I won't, I won't press charges. <laughs> you, you, I'll tell you what, of all of the things that are going on in the world of sports or that have gone in the world of sports in this 10-month run of Balloon Party. Uh, and then and, and you describe it as an award-winning show. Yeah, and Sastiel has too. Thank you. Uh, the one time I've seen you get worked up, actually, 
is over the Devontae Adams thing. Yeah. That yeah. really kind of got you going. Really frustrates me. Really frustrates me that people judge people's character on a one-second video clip. Look at you. I really dislike that, and I dislike besmirching someone's reputation uh, because, and I'll stop myself there. Wow. Like you're, like you're such a live wire on the topic that you can't handle it, but the Ryan O'Reilly being a redhead, I'll fire that bullet out and see how it plays on the blues station. Yeah, think about it. Everyone go look at Ryan O'Reilly. I think you're going to see what I see. <laughs> Seems like Chris nice Kerber's going to leave your ass out of the press box now, Jackson. That's from the Yeah, you might have lost your chance to boot Joey Vitale from the booth. Yeah, rats. <laughs> Vitale day, be like, what not, are we doing? Here? This isn't my day, apparently. But the Devontae Adams thing, of all of the things. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I just, that's, I, I'm. I thought the fact that the guy pressed charges was the thing that bothered you. Yes, that, that bothered me. Right, but you haven't really talked about that at this moment. You've told me that off the air. Right. I I just, like, I think that, like, people see opportunities out there, and I get that. Like, I understand, you know, got to do what you got to do. But, like, you realize you're doing that, you're going to end up, like, hurting Devontae Adams' reputation, who's been described as nothing but a really good guy. And that bothers me. And then he gets painted in this light, and you could affect the way Devontae Adams makes money, and he could get suspended, which is going to cost him game checks. And I just, I really, really don't like that, especially when you're the one who walked in front of him, you know, with when he has head down. Like, can he apologized? Like, can we be civil? Can we be adults one time? I'll stop myself. Yeah, I mean, of all the topics, of all of the the texts that this, do you call it award-winning show, has has received. The Devonte Adams story is the one thing where you suddenly get to a point where you're like, I got to stop myself. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm weird like that. Some I am with this up. person. This person may be, uh, may be of my heritage as well, and this is where I'm going to, and, and maybe Ryan and I will have a class action suit. Uh, did you throw in the reddish hair comment because his last name sounds Irish and you were hedging your statements via ethnic profiling? Not all Irish have red hair, Jackson. Thanks, that's from the 314. And that... Is, uh, is McKernan, is Kennedy. I, I personally would like you to apologize to me and my ancestors. I would like to apologize to the entire Irish community. Oh, my gosh. Both here and abroad. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my comments were not meant to, uh, to come off as racial profiling. I would never ethnic. do such a thing. Uh, ethnic profiling. Thank I would you. never do such a thing. Uh, I, I truly thought in my head pictures, I saw Ryan O'Reilly with orangish reddish hair. Uh, I didn't even put two and two together that he may or may not be Irish. Right. Um, it's a it's a it's a very nondescript last name. But nonetheless, I would like to say uh, my deepest apologies uh, to the entire Irish community. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. All right. I yeah. think our ratings just went up in Dogtown. Big time. It was yep. my people, Tam Avenue. Right. All right. Uh, well, Jackson's had a big first segment. Ryan O'Reilly, redhead. Devontae Adams, don't talk about him. That's yeah. the summary of this if you're podcasting. Gabe DeArmond is going to join us coming up. Jeremy Rutherford, I can't wait for this, coming up at 1045. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time to talk Tigers football with Gabe DeArmond on PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton State Farm. James Carlton will donate $20 to the Mizzou NIL Collective for every quote they give you when you say 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Blue Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you. It's a show that talks about the hair colors of the blues. 
And that's it. That's right. You got a problem with that? Six five seven eight zero. I think you're going to get some answers to that question. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford's going to give us his thoughts on the discussion in the first segment at ten forty five. Right now, it is our pleasure uh, to welcome to the program, as he is with us every Friday, uh, ladies and gentlemen, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, the Colonel Gabe Diarman of PowerMizzou.com. Morning, Colonel. What's the good word? I have no good words. I do have words, though. So. Well, we are looking forward to hearing your words here as you join us every Friday on Balloon Party 101 ESPN, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. I think the thing that Missouri fans are intrigued to see, and it's weird to say for a game against Vanderbilt, is what will happen at the quarterback position. And Eli Drinkwood spoke this week uh, and was asked about Sam Horn and the quarterback position uh what did he have to say and what is your analysis of what he had to say yeah and i I feel like we need to clarify uh kind of the the context of it i mean i asked him you know if if this was a week where they could get some of the younger guys that haven't seen much action a little longer look in practice and he said that's what they're doing a lot of the veterans took uh three days off this week brady cook wasn't taking any live reps, Luther Burden, Dominic Lovett, guys that are, have played a lot trying to heal up a little bit. They'll, they, they restart Vandy prep probably today. And uh, so then, then I said, you know, are you open to the idea of giving another quarterback some, some reps during a game? Mostly, it, you know, kind of like maybe what Gary Pinkle did with Chase Daniel or something like that. And he said, it, it's something we're open to, and we've talked about, but that has to be earned in practice. And what he said was, if we put you out there, we expect you to uh, to be able to lead us to the end zone and to have a full command. It, it, that wasn't the exact phrase, but that mm-hmm. was the basic idea of what we are doing, which to me means, you know, and I put on our board, that to me indicates, hey, maybe, you know, the backups, maybe Sam Horn specifically doesn't have the full grasp of, of the playbook or the offense at this point. And people freaked out and said, how can he not know the plays? He's been here for – it's so much more than knowing plays. I, I mean, you've got to know the protections. You've got to identify the blitzes. You've got to, you know, audible and make checks at the line of scrimmage. There's so much more than just calling a play and executing that play because things change all the time. And it would be per- perfectly understandable if a true freshman maybe didn't have full command of that. But I-, I think, you know, I see both sides of this. I understand people have seen what Brady Cook is doing and say, well, that's not good enough. We have to try something else. It can be not good enough, but also still be the best option they have because you don't want to throw, whether it's Tyler Macon or Sam Horn out there if you don't feel like they're ready, I mean, you don't put kids in positions to fail, especially Sam Horn, who is this, you know, kind of crown jewel. You're expecting him to be the starter the next two or three years. You don't want to put him out there and wreck his confidence in a season that let's be honest. I mean, how much is there to play for at this point? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're, you're hoping to maybe get to six and six. And I understand there's a difference between six and six and four and eight, but Obviously, I, I think the coaches probably still feel like Brady Cook is their best chance to get to six and six. So, when it's all said and done, if you had to like put uh, X amount of dollars down, do you think we see Sam Horn against Vanderbilt? Do you think we see Sam Horn? If your answer to that is no, do we think do you think we see Sam Horn uh, later in the season? Um, I think if we see Sam Horn, it's a situation where a game is in hand. Um, yeah. 
I don't think he's going to start or play early against Vanderbilt. Now, if they're fortunate enough, and I know this is a little wild because I'm not sure Missouri can score this many points, but if they get up 35-6 to six or something like that, then sure, give Sam Horn or Tyler Macon or whoever it might be the fourth quarter. But otherwise, barring injury, I, I don't think we see anybody except Cook in – what I would call meaningful playing time. And if we do, I, I still think the backup's Jack Abraham right now. Wow, God, that's so weird to, th- to think. But uh, And we haven't seen him since K-State, correct? Um, I think that's right. Yeah. You might remember that didn't go what I would It was, it was a brief cameo. Incredibly well. Brief cameo. Very yeah. brief cameo. Uh, what about he, – uh, He did complete two of his three passes, just not to, to right. the right to, color jersey. To people in purple. Uh, what about uh, – I, I saw you writing about Luther Burden and uh, his health and whether or not it makes sense for him to – uh, play when they come out of the bye week because if this is an ankle, it's the kind of thing that con- you made the comparison to what Connor Bazelak was dealing with last year, just never getting yeah. right and just compound. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What's Drinkwitz have to say about it and the uh, other health questions surrounding the Tigers? Yeah, well, the same thing happened with Mookie Cooper last year, too. Remember, yeah. he hurt, I think it was a foot in fall camp, and they ran him out there and he'd play a little bit, then he wouldn't play, then he'd play a little bit. And he was just never healthy all year. And you're kind of seeing, hey, he's healthy now and he's a better player. Um, and we don't know exactly, you know, the the timeline of Luther's injury. I mean, he got hurt against Abilene Christian. And Drinkwitz alluded to it being an ankle. And we didn't know for sure. But then he played the next week against uh, Auburn. And then he, he didn't do a whole lot. And played the next week against Georgia and didn't do a whole lot. And looked kind of banged up against Auburn. And then... You know, we played against Florida and came off the field. I think that was late second quarter and and never came back. And so we can't say for sure that it's the same injury that dates back to week three, but it kind of sure seems like it's something that's never gotten completely right. And look, when you're dealing with whether it's an ankle sprain or a hamstring, something like that, the only way to ever completely fix that is to just take X amount of time off. Now, some kids, maybe that's two weeks. Some kids, maybe it's four. Who knows? And, and maybe the bye week will be enough and Luther will feel like he's 100% going into Vanderbilt. And if so, great, put him out there. But if he's not, I think you've got to hold him until he is because nobody's benefiting from this because he's out there. He's clearly not 100%. Every game we see where he doesn't touch the ball 12 times, somebody's riding or somebody's going on the radio and saying they're not using him or somebody's broadcasting the game saying they're not using him enough. Well, there's probably a reason they're not using him enough because a, he's not healthy and B that means he hasn't done a ton with his opportunities, but just all around, it's better to, to wait until the kid's fully healthy. And, you know, we see this all the time with still with football players, no matter what the the injury is. And no matter how much we've talked about player safety the last few years, look, if a coach goes to a player and says, can you play 99% of the time that kid's going to say yes. The, it can't be up to him. It has to be, hey, is it, it, what's the benefit, what's the risk reward here? By playing him, do we risk him, you know, if Luther's 80% next week, well, what if he tweaks it and he's 50% the week after that? Whereas what if you just sit him for two games and he could be 100% for the last four? Yeah, that's the, that's the question that people wonder and what you would see. And you're right. I mean, I think a lot of attention understandably came with RG3, uh, just yeah. constantly. I mean, Mike. I wonder what, if he said it ten times. That might be that might be low throughout the course of that Auburn game. 
where a lot of attention got well, on there. And if he's not the guy, then, and then he's not the guy. Then on the on the Florida broadcast, Tim, I, I don't know if you heard it, but the broadcast crew said at one point the staff told them that during the week Luther Burton couldn't even cut in practice. Oh, boy. Well, what's a wide receiver doing in the game when he, he couldn't even cut, make a cut in practice? That's high that risk. That doesn't make sense to that's, me. That is high High risk. Well, Colonel, uh, I don't know where you are on him, um, but I am I'm high on Dennis Gates. And I and I and I don't know if that puts me in the minority with Missouri fans. Maybe once there's a new coach, there's just automatic optimism. It's just part of the nature of the beast. Um, But I am high on him. Number one, uh, your thoughts on what the fan base's perception of him is compare and contrast, I suppose, to to Conzo Martin, uh, because I know there was a great deal of optimism when he was hired. And, and what your assessment is of things as Missouri basketball be getting underway here pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, I think the fan base loves him. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've said a number of times, I hope that he's enjoying this time in his life because he'll never, be, again, be this popular because he will eventually lose a, a basketball game. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I, I'm optimistic. I mean, I like the guy. I think just what he's done on the recruiting trail, the types of guys he's going after, his energy – for this program, I, I he's done a lot of things right. Now, again, ultimately, hey, we'll, we'll see him on the floor. I think my, um, I, I guess, projection for this season is a little bit more muted than a lot of fans' projections are, which is probably natural. I you think had him ninth in the before. SEC, if I'm right, reading your uh Yeah, I did my preseason picks. I ended up, I, I think, picking him 10th, but okay. it's somewhere in that range that, Eighth to eleventh range, I think, is is fair. Eighth would be the the most optimistic I could probably get, and uh, it would involve a lot of things going right, and, and a few guys playing probably above what what I think they can do. But I, I mean, I view this as like. Welcome back. I apologize for uh, interrupting the interview, but I feel obligated to do so. Gabe and I recorded that yesterday. He was traveling with his family during the bye week. James Carlton uh, is with us, correct? He is. Oh, James, good morning. James, you there? Yeah, can you hear me, Tim? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm doing, you know, last last week when we spoke, uh, we had the Cardinals about to play game one. We had Mizzou playing Florida, and that was going to be a great sports weekend. And quite frankly, that did not work out quite well. No, it was a, a very quick stay for the Cardinals. And uh, Missouri losing to Florida was uh, certainly less shocking but uh, nonetheless, a disappointing sports weekend. We went into it with such high hopes. James, you sponsor Gabe every week here on the Ryan Kelly or on the Boone Party and on uh, the Ryan Kelly Morning After on 105.7 HD2. Uh, and now Missouri with a bye week. I bet you'd like to see Sam Horn, wouldn't you? Yeah, give us some optimism for next year at this point. I mean, yeah, best case scenario, best case scenario, don't you think it's 6-6 six and six and we're playing in some bowl like Christmas Eve? That's the absolute best case scenario. I agree with you. <laughs> so, I do. I, I have so to say this: if they had a quarterback, I think they would have clearly more. Win. I mean, they should have one more win as it is with the Auburn thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, they might have beaten Georgia and Florida if they had an SEC median average quarterback. You know. I agree. Um, Sam Horn. I mean, he he came in as a highly touted freshman. I know it's tough to step into the SEC as an 18 year old kid, but at this point, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of downside in trying it out and getting a, getting a spark in some fashion. Because I think Gabe said on one of your programs, how many times can you run into that wall and not have it break and continue to run into that wall? I mean, right. that, like, this team's playing their butts off. They are, especially on the defensive side, but they keep coming up in in somewhat heartbreaking fashion. 
And so they, I think they need a spark, and, and, and Sam Horn could be it. We don't know. There it is. Uh, James Carlton, 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. And, James, what would you like Missouri fans to know, sir, about what you do? Because I'm a client, and I know that I am very happy that I am. Well, we want to support the university and help compete in the SEC. So anybody, any one of your listeners that gives us a call for a no-obligation quote and mentions 101 ESPN, we will donate on behalf of them to the Mizzou NIL Collective, which – quite frankly, is how you compete in the SEC these days. So we love an opportunity to see if we can save everyone out there some money. So 314-961-4800 or carltoninsurance.net. James, thank you so much, sir. Have a wonderful weekend. You as well, Tim. That's James Carlton with us. Uh, so the reason why I uh, jumped in and uh, cut off the Gabe DeArmond interview is because we have some very sad breaking news. Uh, so that is the reasoning. I don't do this on a regular basis, but this is uh, the reasoning. Uh, the Cardinals have just announced Hall of Famer Bruce Souter has passed away. And uh, that just coming within the last few minutes while we were uh, in the midst of playing the Gabe DeArmond interview. Uh, and so uh, we want to uh, pivot here on the show with that breaking news and discuss the passing of Bruce Souter, who got the final out of the 1982 World Series by striking out Gorman Thomas and later went into the National Baseball Hall of Fame and, of course, the Cardinal Hall of Fame. Randy Carricker is going to come in and talk Cardinal baseball with Bruce Souter with me here coming up in a matter of moments. The late Bruce Souter. Uh, we will discuss him and his legacy, uh, and I'm sure many Cardinal fans are stunned to hear this news and would like to share their memories and tributes to the Souter family. 65780 is how you can do so. Randy Carricker going to join me to talk about the passing of Bruce Souter. This news just breaking within the last few moments. That's coming up on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you, and it is our pleasure to welcome in the studio under incredibly sad circumstances, uh, Randy Carricker. We just announced right before the commercial break, Randy, the Cardinals um, with the statement that uh, Bruce Souter, the Hall of Famer, passed away this morning at the age of 69. Um, and we were talking during the commercial break. He was as automatic as it got he was he was unbelievable i remember driving around when he was with the cubs and jack and mike would be doing the games and one of them would say Suter on for the cubs and the other one would say well, that that game's over because it was <laughs> yeah. when Suter came in he was he was the best guy and the amazing thing was throughout the late 70s the real issue with the cardinals was they did not have a bullpen they didn't have a reliable closer so after the 1980 season, Whitey goes down to the winter meetings in, in Dallas. One day trades for Raleigh Fingers. Yes. And then the next day trades for Bruce Souter. So for about 24 hours, two Hall of Fame relievers were on the Cardinal roster. But Whitey went to Raleigh Fingers. And this tells you about how good Bruce Souter was. Because Whitey's as good a baseball man as there ever was. And he says to Fingers, hey, what would you think of me bringing you in in the eighth because Suter's going to be my closer? wasn't going to be Fingers. It was going to be Suter. Mm -hmm. And Raleigh Fingers said, yeah, I don't think that that's going to work. <laughs> so they <laughs> traded him in the Milwaukee trade. And uh, obviously, Raleigh Fingers went on to have an MVP and, and Cy Young season. But Bruce Suter, man, when, when he got going, he was as good as it was because of that splinger, split finger. People just could not hit that pitch. He was automatic, and he was somebody that Whitey Herzog would go to 
early on in the proceedings. Yeah, he would. Heck, there were times like in the the Ryan Sandberg game, 1984, June mm-hmm. of 1984. He threw like three and two-thirds innings as a closer. He had over 100 at-bats as a closer during his major league career. It was unbelievable. And he regularly gave the Cardinals not just two inning saves, but more than two inning saves. My guess is, Randy, when he retired uh, and he spent, what, four seasons with the Braves, if I'm not mistaken, before shutting it down, it probably wasn't expected that he would wind up in the Hall of Fame because it wasn't really the way things were going. But later on, there was an appreciation for the closer role, and then a greater appreciation for how dominant he was in leading the Cardinals to their success. Yeah, you're exactly right, and I'm so glad that he got into the Hall of Fame because I've always thought that if you're the most dominant guy at your position Mm -hmm. for a period of years, you should. From 1977 to 1984, he was Mariano Rivera. He was as good as it got at that position. And fortunately, he wound up here and had a chance to win the World Series, too. Because like a lot of guys, well, the reason that Arnato came here is because he wanted to win a World Series. Bruce was telling the Cubs, look, it's not going to happen here, right? So just get me to a place. And how the Cubs ever traded him to St. Louis, I will never know. Right. I but... mean, they had already they had the Blue Brock thing happen some yeah. years beforehand, and now we're going to do it again. Yeah. What a nice gesture on their part. Yeah, very friendly. So the, <laughs> so the Cardinals trade... Uh, Leon Durham and a young outfielder named Ty Waller and Ken Reitz. It was those three for Bruce Suter. Oh, my goodness. I would imagine over the years you got a chance to uh, to get to know him, and he certainly was part of that fraternity with the Cardinal Hall of Famers. He, he, there were There's a couple of great things. Number one, he, you mentioned that he never started a game in the majors. He was a starter in the minors for the Cubs, and he had an elbow injury before there was Tommy John. So he had elbow surgery and comes back the next year, and he can't straighten his arm out completely. And so Fred Martin, a minor league pitching coordinator with the Cubs, says, here, why don't you try this pitch? Because Suter was a, he, he was a fastball sinker guy. Mm-hmm. And Fred Martin teaches him the split finger, and apparently because he couldn't straighten his elbow, he couldn't straighten his arm out completely, apparently that made the split finger more effective for him. Wow. And the the other thing was, and I mentioned this to you during the break, is he would take two or three cortisone shots a year. His shoulder would bug him, and he would take two or three, three cortisone shots a year, sit out for two or three days, and then come back and do the same thing. And that's a numbing agent. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about why his career ended prematurely, it almost has to be because he had so much cortisone loaded up in that shoulder. Yeah, wow, I didn't think about that, but that is a thing. And then they, I was wondering what the origin of the of the splitty was, and there it is. And that thing yeah. was unhittable. Well, in his hands, so I, I feel like I have pretty big hands. My fingertips came up to the to his like the the, the first joint. Yeah. So I, I, when I worked for Costello, I put my hands up next to his, and his hands are three quarters of an inch longer than mine. I said, how do you throw this? And so I, I, I'm. how about this as a 20-year-old kid sure. in St. Louis? How do you throw the split finger fastball? And Bruce Hitter says, okay, what you do is just put it between your forefinger and your middle finger, spread them as wide as you can, and then just shoot it out like it's a watermelon seed. That's the way he described oh, it. Shoot wow. it out like it's a watermelon seed. And that's what causes the movement. Right, the, the backspin. And the split finger would fall off the table. It would get to home plate and boom, drop. And guys just couldn't hit it. So it's it's a little... My first Cardinal game was in 1982, of course, the year he strikes out Gorman Thomas. Mm-hmm. Goes high heat on him. Right, uh, 87 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, with, with it is not the splitty. <laughs> so uh, what was it like as a fan 
when he got the ball? Are you thinking what I imagine what Yankees fans felt for a number of years with, with their 42? Yeah, the game is over. Yeah. Right. His, his nickname, by the way, was Engine, Engine 42. 42. But, yeah, there's absolutely no doubt that every Cardinal fan, and remember, I remember the old scoreboard on the first game he pitched here against Philadelphia, and it was like, the St. Louis Cardinals are proud to welcome the greatest closer in baseball, number 42, Bruce Suter, as he comes into the game. And... It was a game against Philadelphia, and lo and behold, boom, he sets him Just down. One, two, three. And that season, 36 saves in 1982. And he had his moments. He was not great, by the way. Uh, he was great in 81, great in 82, and 81 was a split season. 83, he did. He only had 20 saves, and I think the shoulder was bothering him then, and then really bounced back big time in the free agent year when he had the 45 saves in 1984. But even when he was bad, Tim, in, bad relatively speaking, right. in 83, every time he came into a game, I expected him to to get the save. To get it done. He was so good in 84. I'm looking it up uh, as we as we talk, Randy, that he finished third in the Cy Young uh, in 84, and then he went off to uh, pitch for the Braves. And I was curious how this all transpired, because 85, the Cardinals had a great team, one of my mm-hmm. favorite teams of all time. But I do recall that it was the proverbial bullpen by committee. You had, if I'm not mistaken, Todd Worrell, Jeff Lottie, uh, Ken Daly. And Worrell didn't come up until August. Sure. So, and then Whitey would bring in somebody, and then Daly would go out to right field, so then he could yep. later bring him back yeah, in. right. Uh, but that meant Bruce Suter was not part of that team that would wind up being a 100-win team and a pennant-winning team. So what transpired to lead to his exit? from St. Louis. There was a lot of stuff going on in that front office at that time. And Fred Kuhlman uh, from the Anheuser-Busch had kind of taken over the reins mm-hmm. of the ball club and was negotiating the contracts. And August Bush the third, not August Jr., but August Bush the third, told people, he said, I'm not going to have baseball players making more than me. And Bruce Suter was going to make more mm-hmm. than he was. And so the Cardinals were more than willing to let him walk. But I think they kind of figured out during the course of the, the blowback during that offseason when Suter left was so significant that it kind of forced them to go out and trade for Jack Clark. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Cardinals win without Jack Clark. If, if they go into 85 and they have Suter but not Clark, I don't think they win. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. So it kind of worked out in their favor that they were just so incompetent in that front office guy who desperately wanted to be here and finish his career in St. Louis that they almost pushed out the door. Well, Bruce Souter, a legend, a Hall of Famer, and will be frozen in time forever uh, with Jack Buck's call mm-hmm. as he uh, comes to the belt and strikes out Gorman Thomas for the 1982 World Series. Just getting word here at around 1025 that uh, the legendary Bruce Souter has passed away. Uh, Randy, thank you so much for jumping in and telling uh, some of the stories and some of your memories of Engine 42. I sincerely appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And yeah, another sad day for Cardinal baseball fans. You think about these last three years, Tim, yes. with Brock and Gibson and and, and now Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we've got Ozzy, and we're going to have Albert and uh, obviously uh, uh, Yachty in the future. But, man, we've lost a lot of legends in the last three or four years. Legendary Red. players, great personalities. Red Shanding, yes, exactly right. Uh, so Bruce Suter's passing, a heartbreaking day for Cardinal fans. Randy, thank you so much. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Uh, we will take a commercial break, come back with our final segment of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Back, final segment of Balloon Party. Thank you to Randy Carricker for uh, jumping in with us uh, as the Cardinals announced the passing of Bruce Souter. And now a statement from the Souter family, Cardinals Nation. 
uh, Cardinal Nation, all our father ever wanted to be remembered was being a great teammate, but he was so much more than that. He was also a great husband to our mother of 50 years. Uh, he was a great father and grandfather, and he was a great friend. His love and passion for the game of baseball can only be surpassed by his love and passion for his family. Being a St. Louis Cardinal was an honor he cherished deeply to the Cardinals, his teammates, and most importantly, to the greatest fans in all of sports. We thank you for all of the love and support over the years. He will be greatly missed, but his legacy will live on through his family and through Cardinal Nation. That comes from the Suter family this morning. Once again, Bruce Suter passing away at the age of 69. More throughout the day here on 101 ESPN. Um, and uh, we are, uh, want to extend our condolences to Bruce Suter, uh, his teammates, and all fans who watched and loved the way he performed for the Cardinals. He was a fine, fine man in addition to being a Hall of Fame pitcher. So uh, that is why we called an audible in the middle of the show. I'm sure BK and Ferrario will have more. And, of course, the Blues opening up the season tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.